Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inspire Tomorrow podcast, where we want you to learn to lead with purpose today so that you can inspire tomorrow. I am Joe Lawrence, and today we're going to be talking to Ryan Hawk. He is a longtime podcasting hero of mine who runs the Learning Leader Show podcast. It is an amazing podcast where he interviews some of the world's greatest leaders, and up to this point, had over 250 or somewhere right around there, leaders that you just can't even imagine, like Simon Sinek, Jim Collins, uh, the list goes on and on and on. And today he's going to talk to us about some things that can set us up to be more successful as a leader ourselves. If you want to keep hearing interviews like this, and if you want to keep learning yourself, make sure you hit subscribe over in iTunes. And now on with our show. Ryan Hawk, thank you so much for joining me today on the Inspire Tomorrow podcast. How's it going? Uh, it's going great, man. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. I have been listening to your podcast, the Learning Leader podcast, for I don't even know how long now. And I will tell you, it's amazing. The guests you get on there, the content. But what amazes me the most, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and be honest uh, what's intimidating, is your interview style. You are an awesome, awesome interviewer. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, you'll, uh, you and your guests will be talking about something and the question will pop in my head and 30 seconds later, you ask that question. I don't know how you do it. I swear you're, you're tapped into my head. Uh, you got some kind of, <laughs> some kind of podcast voodoo. What got you started doing the Learning Leader podcast? Well, a combination of things. Um, one, the fact that I think I've developed some intellectual curiosity over the years of working both, uh, in the profession of selling, managing, leading, uh, serving other people, also my backgrounds in sports. Um, and I always, I, I, I look at the podcast as, as answering a question. And the question for me is, what are the, what's the difference between those people who sustain excellence and the people who don't? And I try to uncover that with each guest. And you mentioned some of the interviewing techniques and that I use. And I think that's, that's what it's all about. It's, it's approaching each conversation with a really curious mindset being an active listener um, and being prepared to ask good follow-up questions and not necessarily script out my conversations, but really treat them as if I'm very lucky and, and fortunate to, to meet with a, a wise leader much smarter than me. And I try my best to, to like, like you said, be, be curious and ask the questions that I, that I think um, I want the answers to. And, and, and it seems that the, the people listening, uh, have told me at least that they enjoy that. And that uh, obviously is very gratifying. Yeah, I, I, I can speak, for, I think, for all of them. <laughs> we do. We definitely, we are very appreciative of that. Do you think you've come any closer to answering that question of what it takes to sustain excellence after you know, 240 some episodes? Oh, sure. I, th I think I've, I've learned a lot. And, and when I am, again, fortunate enough to be asked to go uh, give, give keynote speeches all over the, the world, um, that's, that's one of the, the questions uh, I try to answer that best for, for those people that I'm speaking with. And I'm fortunate that they give me the stage to do that. So I, I feel like I've, I've learned some things along the way. And, and if I ha hadn't at this point, I would, uh, I'd be doing a poor job, but I think I've learned a few things about what it means to sustain excellence over an extended period of time, specifically as, as a leader. Do you, is that still like the same feeling you have now? Like when you talk to these new leaders, is it almost like, Every single conversation is a brand new experience. They're definitely an experience and, and unique in their own right. 
the 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 coolest part about having your own podcast as you know is that you at least uh i know for mine i have complete control over who my guests are so um i'm never going to have anyone on the show that i'm not genuinely curious about of digging into their story understanding what what makes them tick and why they've been able to achieve certain levels of of excellence so um <clears throat> i i'm genuinely excited for all of them and some would say do you ever get bored or tired or worn out and it's actually been the opposite for me. The more I do it, the more, um, the, the more I realize how much there is out there for me to learn. And so, uh, that, that's why I get excited be, before every single podcast that I'm able to record is I know there's so much there. And if, if I approach it and I'm prepared and I have a good understanding of, of that person, um, and some potential avenues to take it and being agile enough to go where they're, they're leading me there's a chance that we're going to really uh, uncover some things and help a lot of people. Unfortunately, that seems to be, seems to be happening. Yeah, definitely. What is one of the, I guess, biggest things that you're happy about that you have uncovered? Like what was, if you had to stop this podcast today, all of a sudden, what would you think would be your greatest takeaway from all these, these episodes? It's hard to pinpoint one. I think what I'd be most proud of is the fact that I've got to connect and build genuine friendships with some of my heroes. And that's a really cool thing. Um, Austin Kleon and I talked about that recently, that when you're able to impress um, and become peers with people that you previously looked up to, that's really, uh, it's really cool. And I think of, you know, I I spoke with Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great, which for me was the first kind of leadership management bible that i read when i got done playing football and transitioned into the the world of professional selling and managing and leading people and and jim gave me this great advice towards the end of our talk and he said the most important question is who first who then what who will be your mentors who will be your friends who will you help who will you spend time with you don't need to answer what until well after you've answered who and that's something I think a lot about now. And as I made a career transition recently, um, the, the number one reason behind making that change was the who, uh, both the who where I previously was and the who where I was going. And um, I, I've, I've learned that um, in order to have fun along the way, which I want to do, uh, I want to be surrounded by incredible people who lift me up, who help me, who I want to help, who uh, are, are flat givers. And so that, that advice from Jim, I think, is something I'll always think about for every aspect and every potential request, even like for yours today. I appreciate the kind words you used leading up to this. And and so obviously I had a choice. Do I want to um, spend some time and invest it with you? And, and uh, I like your mission and what you stand for and some of your history. And so that was why I'd say, of course, I want to I want him to be part of my who and and your audience as well. So I think that's something all of us can really think about is is the who before the what and any aspect when it comes to your career and just in general for your relationships. Well, I have to question your investment skills. If, uh, <laughs> if I'm one of those who's not, I'm kidding. I, I remember hearing, I think it was episode 200 with your dad and brother. And mm-hmm. I know that you've mentioned this before that kind of ties in with that advice from Jim Collins, how your dad said basically how he's excited. He could do the things that he really wants to do now that he's finally retired. Is that kind of another big push that pushes you out of the, the corporate world, if you will? What do you, what do you mean by that? How um, in there he was talking about, you know, he's super excited. He can choose what he does now. Right. And yep. uh, I do know you've mentioned before that 
you don't want to wait until your career is over in the corporate world. You want to be able to to choose. Now, is that a lot of it goes into the who? Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I I I I just um, I talk to my dad a lot about that. I'm lucky I talk to my parents every almost every day, or at least we text or or talk on the phone. And um, I'm and my dad has has made an incredible career. He's impacted thousands and thousands of people all over the world, and he, he recently. You know, retired a little bit more than a year ago. Now, I guess time flies, but um, from a job where he was leading about a thousand person sales force, and he did that for many years, thirty plus years, and retired at the age of sixty. And he said he he loves the fact that he goes on lunches with interesting people. He plays golf with fascinating leaders. He travels um, a little bit more now with my mom. He, he does a lot of fun things, and and so what I had said to, told him on that actual episode was. I love that he's doing that. The difference is I want to do it right now. And so fortunately, my podcast, The Learning Leader Show, has given me the opportunity to to do some of those things right now. We still have a lot of hard work we're doing. Um, we're creating a lot and speaking a lot, but I want to mix in a lot of fun along the way. And my 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 primary business partner, Doug Meyer, who I work with now, that's one of the, the 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 core values of his being is he wants to have fun along the way. And I do too. So for example, this just happened. You know, I got a request to give a speech in Croatia. Um, I'd never been there. And the, the place that, that the events taking place is a beautiful place on the water. And I thought, well, what, how could we make this even more fun? And, and one way for me would be to bring my wife along. I mean, let's make it a, a little mini vacation instead of me just going by myself. And so like, that's an example of how the opportunity of what I've, I've taken to partner with, with these great people at Brixine Meyer have, have given me the, the chance to potentially make the work more fun along the way, as opposed to um, holding that off till later. Now that's not to say my dad didn't have a ton of fun during his career. He did. It's just a little bit different in, in, in regard. I think, I think I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a good mix of both my mom and my dad. And my mom is, is, is more of a, um, uh, she's the greatest, but, but she'll stand up and tell you what she really thinks. And I admire that about her. And I think I have some of that in me to where I don't always, um, do great with, uh, working with leaders who I don't respect. And so uh, I need to make sure I'm surrounded by, uh, people that I do respect. And, and that's why I left and, and I'm with, with Doug and, and Greg and these other great guys at Brixie Meyer. And that's again, points back to the who that Jim Collins talks about. That makes all the difference in the world. If you don't enjoy your surroundings and where you're at, then then it's work. If you go there and you enjoy it, you have a great time, you have a good team, great leaders, and you don't even realize you're at work. I I couldn't right. agree. I couldn't agree more. Why do you think so many of us get it wrong? Well, there's a there's a thing to distinguish there. You said work, so I I definitely work and and work um, a lot and pretty hard, but it doesn't feel like a job. So that's right. the difference. I think I think it feels like a job when maybe you're surrounded by or, or work for for people that that aren't uh, uplifting or or worse, they're toxic. And I think that's that's when it feels like a job. I did not want to feel like I ever had another job. I am not against working. I, in fact, I enjoy the work. I that was the foundation of working was built in me many years ago um, playing sports. So I, I think that's what it is. The, the, you, your question was, why do we get it wrong? I think it's really hard. I mean, it's tough. Um, the, the natural thing to do is to, especially in America, if that's where the majority of your listeners are, is the fact that we go to college and then, and then the majority of people um, 
they they get done with that and then they they just try to find a job and then eventually they might buy a house and they might get married and they might buy some cars and they might have some kids and before you know it you have a mortgage and car payments and kids and you you feel responsible as a leader of your family whether you're the mom or the dad and in that regard you you get a little bit stuck and you you have less freedom um and so you get a decent paying job it's it's harder to leave it so for me it took me about a little bit more than three years after the creation of the podcast that opened up opportunity for me to do the stuff I love every single day. And, um, that's, that's my, my, my wife and my daughters were my, were my primary motivation for that. Cause I want I want to show them through my actions that it is possible to, to make it happen. If you put in the work, they see me coming down to my, my home studio at random times all the time to write show notes, to prepare for an episode, to, to, to prepare for a speech, all of this, they, they see that it takes a lot of work, but it is the stuff I love to do. And so I think that that was really my motivation and wanting to do this was, was show them that it is possible, but it, it will take some work and investment on, on your part. And fortunately it's so far uh, working out. What were some of the like the signs that you saw that said, "Hey, I can actually turn this into something?" Because just like you said, uh, you know, most I'll tell you, most of the listeners are military, they're career military, or those getting ready to transition out. Probably around the eight, ten year periods when we make that decision whether we're going to stay in for life or we're going to ride it, get out then and you know join the corporate world. So a lot of listeners. They're, they're in that transition period where the next phase of life, they're leaving something that they love doing, you know, obviously very mission bound. And they have that sense of security. They know that paycheck's coming, but now they're getting ready. They have a lot of skills, a lot of soft skills and hard skills, and they're looking to go to the civilian world. What are some signs or some things that you think you did well to set yourself up that we could take a, you know, some notes from? Well, first, thank you uh, for the service and certainly for everyone listening that um, our military are the, just the, I hold in, in higher regard than, than anything else anybody can do to, to make a choice to serve. Um, our country is uh, it's just, it's so, I feel so lucky and, and uh, fortunate to live in a country with people that, that make that choice. So thank you for that. Um, as far as what kind of let me know that this was an option the market will tell you uh and 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 in the the way they told told me was you know i i i've made my email address and social media handles are out there for people to to see you know you can email me at ryan at learningleader.com or on social media at ryanhawk12 ryanhawk12 and so i think enough people were telling me that hey could you come to my company and speak. Could you help me one-on-one? Could you help so-and-so? Could you help our company uh, on this project? And and when I had a full-time job, which I was working as a, as a vice president of sales at a Fortune 500 company, I, I had to say no almost every single time. And so I thought after a few years of these requests, I didn't get any many requests in the first year, but probably the second and third year of doing the podcast are getting a lot of requests. And um was sharing those, sharing that with some of my mentors. And, and one of those mentors is the person I ended up partnering with to, to really run this business. And so I, I think the market will, will tell you if, if, if they want you in a way. And that's why it's, you know, it, it, it's pretty fair in that regard, because if you're putting out quality work and people want to, want to talk to you or they want help, 
they'll tell you. Um, and then they'll put their money where their mouth is. And that's how business is formed and is, and gets created. So, so for me, enough of those requests came in that I started really analyzing it and talking with, with business oriented people. And we thought it would make sense. And like I said, so far, so good. Um, it's been a lot of, a lot of fun doing this full time. I'll tell you, it's, um, it's a true, true blessing. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that's, uh, I'm kind of in the the same area of life. That's what I'm looking at. What's going on now for you? I'm, I'm less than five months out from retirement from the the air force. And I'm hoping to uh, continue on with this path here with training and education. I've been in the training and education world for quite a while now, and I'm hoping to continue further in that. So that's definitely wow, cool. So kind of getting into training and education, you helped me transition very well. Thank you. You're uh, <laughs> anyone who listens to your podcast for any period of time knows that you are a reading junkie. You read, I don't even know how many books a year. Was it like 40 books a year or something like that? I don't know. Um, uh, quite a bit, quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. So, a lot of people I've noticed, uh, I know this is a problem I have. You're either quantity or quality, you know, where you read a bunch of books just to say, Hey, look, how look at this stack of books I read, or you take, you know, all year long to read one book. So you can actually know what was in the book. You somehow managed to merge both. And I've, I've never seen, I've never seen that. Um, what, what is your process? What's your process when you read? Part of it is the fact that a lot of my guests on my show have written books, and so I read their books to prepare for that conversation, or I've already read their books, and I really want to talk to them after reading it. In fact, it happens more that way than the other, although it's a little different now because there's there's um, I have relationships with PR people uh, through doing the podcast, and so they'll say, hey, my client has a book coming out, and their client happens to be somebody like Dan Pink you know, that I, I love and I really want to talk to. Um, so it, it happens a little bit both. So, uh, for example, like Dan's a good one, actually. He, he wrote To Sell as Human. That's one of the best sales books I've ever read. I read it years ago. I wanted to talk to Dan, so I started emailing him when I launched my podcast. And about two years after that first email, Dan agreed to do my show. And then he did it again about uh, nine months later. So, I mean, that's how the reading happens a lot of times is that I've read I've read their book because whether somebody referred it to me or I was just out seeking knowledge and then I reach out to them and, and want to talk to them for my show or sometimes I'll get introduced to somebody to have on my show and I'll have about 10 days prior to recording and I'll, I'll download their book. I read mostly on a Kindle uh, app on my iPad and then I'll read in that regard. And then when I read my process to to remember is two, two parts. One is I use the highlighting tool in the Kindle, Kindle app on my iPad. So I highlight and I can then review everything I've highlighted. I also have a Google doc on each person, um, and their books. And so I will, as as I'm reading and I read a lot on the elliptical, uh, after I get done working out, as I'm reading, I will then type in notes into the Google doc uh, and the act of typing the note in, even though it takes longer, for some reason, it helps me remember it more. And then I'll eventually print that out and I'll do handwritten notes in addition to what I've typed into the Google Docs. So I remember and I can just speak off the cuff with the guests as opposed to having to look at my notes that much. So that's really my process. And I guess if you do that enough over and over and over and over, and I record a couple, usually a couple of podcasts a week. If you do that enough, you just start remembering things. And I think uh, that it's able to come up in conversations. And that's what my friends tell me. They say, 
the difference in, in, in from talking to you now than a few years ago is the fact that just these random thoughts come to your mind based on people you've talked to. And so it's, it's really taught me it's a good practice for us to have conversations with people who are smarter than us on a regular basis. And so if you can put yourself in that situation, they will lift you up. Literally, they will lift you up. And so if you combine that with reading a bunch of material that they've put out, that's a that's a pretty good combination to learn and to grow and to improve and to get better and to become more knowledgeable and to be a source of wisdom for others. And so that's what it, I, I found has happened. But really, just from following my own curiosity, it, there wasn't a process initially. And there is kind of a process now, as I just described to you. But when I started, it was just reading what I liked and reading what I was interested in and then desperately wanting to speak with the person who was able to put that in the form of a book. And, uh, and that's how I developed some of these cool relationships with some of my heroes. Yeah, it is. I love doing that. I, I have uh, some close connections with a few authors and it's kind of crazy. You know, you read those books and you actually get a chance to pick their brain and dig deeper right. into what they're talking about. That is uh that is a very cool feeling. I will. Yeah, I'm with you. It's the best, man. It's pretty cool. And I do love, I, I, I will, I'm going to try to adopt some of that process myself, except the elliptical part. I cannot read. I don't know how people read when they're running or working out. I just. I, I can't when I'm running, but I can on the elliptical on the, uh, the, the, that I can do it there. In fact, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a calming, great way for me to, to finish a workout and to start my day in the morning is that I read for about 30 to 40 minutes on the elliptical and I, I do I know a lot of people have told me it's, it's tough on their eyes and they can't for me it's just I've been doing it now for years I I find it to be a, a a really enjoyable way for me to start my day if I've got you know eight notes from a couple good different couple good good books because sometimes I'll switch switch around um, that that's just a, a cool way for me to to get my day rolling I never have been able to do that I'll just listen to audiobooks or something when I'm running yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate, I, I do want to respect your time. I appreciate you taking the time out to give us some great career advice and uh, kind of help some of us in our transition period. And also just your reading process, because I think that's something everybody needs to do more is read and hearing a bunch of different ways that, you know, people do go out and read and how they adapt that information to their life is, it's, it's life changing. A book can literally change your life. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, two things before we go. One, is there one single thing, one action item or one quote or philosophy or something that you would want to leave us all with that you hope we take away from our conversation here today? Um, it's a good question. I uh, took this from uh, Commander Chris Hadfield. He was an astronaut. Um great writer, great speaker, but it is a quote and I'll, I'll share it with you because I think it could be helpful and it certainly has helped me. But here it is quote is decide in your heart of hearts what really excites and challenges you and start moving your life in that direction. Every decision you make from what you eat to what you do with your time tonight turns you into who you are tomorrow and the day after that. Look at who you want to be and start sculpting yourself into that person. You may not get exactly where you thought you'd be, but you will be doing things that suit you in a profession you believe in. Don't let life randomly kick you into the adult you don't want to become. And I think that's, it, it reminded me of a time with I spoke to Ryan Estes and he said, I was getting too good at the wrong thing. So be careful getting too good at the wrong things and don't let life randomly kick you into 
the adult you don't want to become. And I, th- I, th- I find those types of well thought out pieces of advice quite helpful. Just like Naval Ravikant, following your genuine intellectual curiosity is a better foundation for a career than following whatever is making money right now. I mean, that was a, that was the world I was in. And that spoke to me as well. So I know that I gave you a few pieces, but I think those can be helpful when when kind of merged together, especially for the person who's thinking about what to do next is thinking about the who not letting life randomly kick you into the adult you don't want to become regardless of how old you currently are. And, and, and then seeking what you're genuinely curious about and see if you can find a way to follow that and let that that become the foundation for the career as opposed to just saying, well, I need to make a few bucks that um, we all have. We all have responsibilities and bills. I, I get it. But but if we can find a way to follow your genuine intellectual curiosity, you'll probably end up doing something that you love. And if you want to be really great at something, I think it's hard to be great at it if you don't love it. So I think that all weaves together, um, and, and that would be what I would tell someone who's thinking about what, what they should do. Wow. Wow. Yep. I got, you left me speechless there, brother. I can't think of a better way to end it. Hey, uh, where can we find out more information about you? How can we connect with you? I know you mentioned your email address and your, uh, your yep. Twitter handle, I believe, but where else can we reach you? Uh, learningleader.com. So that's where every podcast can be found. I'm, I'm on all the, obviously, where you find your podcasts on, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, and, um, all the places, Google Play. So there, you can find my podcast there, the, the Learning Leader Show with Ryan Hawk, anywhere. But uh, yeah, feel free to, if anyone has any, any questions, um, I put my email out there, and I definitely block time every single day to respond to people who, who, who send me notes, ryan at learningleader.com, because the, the, Really, the foundation for the show are the the people who decide to invest their time listening to it. And it means a lot to me, and I, I try really hard to make that investment worth it. Well, thank you again. And I'm going to tell everyone out there, go out and subscribe to his podcast. You will not be disappointed. I make it, I make it a habit to make sure I hit it every single week. So, Ryan, thank you once again, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks, Joe. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the Inspire Tomorrow podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, go on over to iTunes. Make sure you hit subscribe so that way you don't miss future episodes. And I'd love it if you left a review. Let us know what you think. And if you have any other input, feedback, questions, anything else, maybe guests that you'd like to hear from, feel free to email me at inspiretomorrow at gmail.com. Again, that's inspiretomorrow at gmail.com. Until then, come on over to inspiretomorrow.org and see what we have going on.